0: Welcome into another edition of the Hops and Spirits Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Green, and we have a fun one for you this week. Yes, we've wrapped up summer school 2021 with a little extra credit, and I appreciate Jared D. Tierley uh, for coming on and talking alcohol policies. But now we're back into kind of bourbon and whiskey, beer, all that fun stuff. This week we're talking about bourbon. You all have heard of Old Smokey down in the Gatlinburg Pigeon Forge area. Well, did you know they do bourbon? We'll be talking to Robert Hall here in just a second. Remember to check us out on all of our social media pages at Hop Spirits, all one word on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also find us on YouTube as well because you don't want to miss our Give It a Try highlights to drop every Monday and our cocktail Cookies that shake things up on Friday. Those are all across our social media sites and our YouTube page. Uh, So don't don't, uh, wait around and go find them, like us, follow us, subscribe, and you'll be getting some great content. And now let's get into the episode. Joining us here on the Hops and Spirits podcast is Robert Hall, CEO of Old Smoky Distillery down in Tennessee. Robert, uh, thanks for taking some time to talk uh, whiskey with us.
1: Jonathan, good to be with you.
0: Now uh, I always like to start these things off uh, with one tough question. Sometimes they're tough, sometimes they're not. It uh, just kind of depends. Uh, your your one tough question is, you know, we're going to be talking about you know alcoholic beverages. So I figured, what's your favorite non-alcoholic beverage?
1: Oh, okay, it's an interesting one. Uh, uh, coffee. Have to say, coffee. Love the flavor, and love the stimulation that it provides. Drink a lot of it.
0: <laughs> I was going to say, I, I have a feeling you're a busy man, so you probably might need a little bit to keep you going all day.
1: B- busy guy, so now it uh, enjoyed a lot.
0: <laughs> See, I've never, I've just never gotten into coffee. I, I just, it, uh, even like I, I love beer, but if you put coffee in beer, that's no go for me. Uh, if you ask my wife, it would be uh, pop or soda for me, because uh, I kind of still need that caffeinated kick. Uh, but, mm-hmm. but a guilty pleasure of mine is strawberry lemonade. I just, I, oh, I, I love that. I, I love that, and I, but I can't drink too much because it's just a little too sweet. <laughs>
1: That she gives me... Well, you'd, you'd be thrilled about us. we just uh, just this last weekend we introduced strawberry lemonade whiskey, Ooh. which which sounds unusual to some, but it tastes great. So, <laughs> and it Mom just launched to... in our in our distillery uh, last weekend. So.
0: Well, I might have to look into that because that sounds like that could be pretty, pretty good and, and maybe some fun cocktails could come out of that as well.
1: Absolutely. That's great, great for cocktails. <laughs>
0: now, you, you haven't been <clears throat> with Old Smoky since Joe launched it back in the day. You came on here a couple years ago. Uh, what, how did you become part of the Old Smoky family?
1: Yeah, well, I became CEO in 2016, so it's been a little over five years now. Uh, the board asked me to you know to, to take the position and have enjoyed it uh, ever since and, and loving you know helping you know grow, grow the company um, however I was involved in the company uh, before that I, I actually first learned about the company in uh, 2012 there was an article in Business Week about three attorneys in Tennessee founding the company in 2010 and they're looking to grow it and I said to myself well, I was with a group of people who had kind of a good depth of experience in consumer products, and I said, man alive, we, we could help that company. And after a few weeks, I was able to find uh, the advisor to the founders, Joe Baker being the lead founder, and uh, Joe was actually um, working with this advisor to actually raise some money to help the company grow. And so uh, eventually, during the latter part of 2013, during the course of 2013, we had those conversations, and we actually invested in the company in November of 2013 to help the company grow. And then after a couple of years, the board asked me to uh, to, to kind of take the helm of the company and and work with the board and work with the founders to uh, to, to grow it, and we've had a lot of fun doing it.
0: I was gonna say you guys have done a whole lot of things, and, and Joe seems like he's, he's got that entrepreneurial spirit and wants to see things constantly grow. Um, well, I guess the another question is, you know, a lot of people when they're launching stuff like these distilleries, they're looking at bourbon. That's the big thing. It, you know, Tennessee whiskey down 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 where y'all are at, uh, maybe more so than bourbon. But it, you know, everything's a bourbon, I guess, uh, to some. Uh, why did you, did Joe and, and the company look more toward the moonshine at, at first?
1: Well, the the company was founded in, in Gatlinburg, Tennessee, in the Smoky Mountains, which is a real home of moonshine. Moonshine's been, um, uh, you know, made and distilled in, in these parts for you know more than a couple of hundred years, and so it was a natural to uh, to launch with that product. It was it was clearly different to, <laughs> to many others, as you as you point out, but it really um, you know honored the the settlers uh, in, in the area. Um, in fact the first product which was the original corn whiskey uh, moonshine was actually made from a recipe that was owned by the family of Joe Baker and it had been in the family for over a hundred years because his family had settled in in the area you know quite a few decades uh, ago and so that this recipe was owned by the family and so it was a celebration of the heritage uh, it, it was this is the home of moonshine and um, you know we believe our brand you know kind of captures that early pioneers determination and you know an, an independent spirit and um, uh, so so we, we pursued that and and fortunately it's it worked out quite well with the leader in the moonshine category by by a long way now
0: <laughs> i was gonna say did anyone kind of look at that thought as just like y'all are crazy i mean because you know, no one else was really doing that at the, at the moment, at least maybe on the scale that, that Joe and the and the team wanted to do.
1: Right. Oh, absolutely. But you know whenever people start businesses, people some people have a, a different opinion. <laughs> uh, but you know if you believe it, you just keep keep charging and you know the, the we at the company have believed that that was the right thing to do. It's a tremendous point of difference uh, versus many other spirits companies. And we've been able to develop some really strong competitive advantages um, versus other spirit companies and had a bit of fun doing it. So, you know, contrary to some people's thinking, but uh, we, we've done okay and we're still around, you know, 11 years later.
0: Yeah, and, do, and doing quite well with multiple locations and, and you know, what the the busiest uh, distillery in America as far as, as tourists. So I, I think you're doing World's something mo-
1: right. World's <laughs> most visited distillery. That's right.
0: So, uh, but, you know, we, we talk a lot of bourbon and, and whiskey on, on this as well. And you guys recently launched uh, the James Ownby Reserve Tennessee Bourbon. How did that come about and, and why why now and, and, and uh, what? Uh, why now?
1: Why? <laughs> well, it it was ready, you know, to to prepare a a, a straight Tennessee uh, bourbon whiskey takes time, <laughs> true for for obvious reasons. Uh, aging being a key part. Um, ever since the company started, Joe and then the the managers who, you know, uh, evolved within the within the company have always been. Thinking and developing and testing uh, ideas in a wide variety of spirits product, and and uh, straight Tennessee bourbon whiskey was was absolutely one of them. We've we've done numerous samples because we have all of the equipment. You know, we have the cookers, the fermentation tanks, and the pot stills that we use to make the moonshine. Well, you can easily adapt that to 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 make you know uh, straight bour- bourbon whiskey. So we were doing all sorts of testing, we've, we've used small barrels to, you know, hopefully have the benefit of, of aging more quickly than perhaps it would do in a 53-gallon barrel, um, and so it's always been, you know, on the cards, um, uh, and, and we, we now felt we have a product that's, um, that, that's ready to go, that, that deserves a, a premium image, a premium price, and so we introduced James Ownby. Now, why James Ownby, because that's the, the other part of, of the story, is that, as I mentioned earlier, Joe Baker's family has been in this area for you know, well over 100 years, and Joe's fifth great-grandfather, James Ownby, um, was a, a quite a notable person. He fought in the Revolutionary War. He was, he was one of the Overmountain men wow. uh, who fought in a, a, revolutionary, uh, bat- in a revolutionary battle. And his family um, migrated in, into this area um, and, and Joe is, is a, form, you know, a result of that, I guess you'd say. <laughs> um, and so, w- we felt that the product was good enough to celebrate Joe's family and James zombie uh, in particular. And so, we uh, developed a package which I've, I've got here, you've probably probably seen it, uh, James zombie re- Reserve, you know, fine. Tennessee Street bourbon whiskey, and we just introduced that just in this last um, in this last month actually in in middle of June, and launched it into um, a few select markets and in two of our distilleries and in the state of Tennessee.
0: Well, and I guess another question I have is because have you know you you all have have the flavored whiskeys uh, for a little while now, um, have you always been kind of making that whiskey and just storing it and waiting for the right time uh, and. And has that kind of been the thought process of obviously, as you said, uh, the one thing with, uh, with bourbon and, and whiskey is it takes time, especially it if takes, you want to do it right. <laughs> right. No, so. we,
1: we we've been making making products <laughs> all the time and storing them, putting putting them away, um, and we we sometimes buy on uh, buy on the market if it, if it's good quality stuff and taste it and see if it would blend with the stuff that we're making. Um, and uh, then, you know, store store things uh, ourselves. So we, we just felt that we were ready to, to go to market with this product. It was ready. It was a five-year uh, aged uh, Tennessee uh, bourbon. There was a, there's a couple of actually different barrels in it, uh, but the the, the youngest is, is five years, and they just went together beautifully, and um, uh, we just were, were ready to do it. So it takes time to do these things, mm-hmm. and and we, we didn't want to introduce anything until we, we were ready.
0: And, and this is one where I've been talking to just some, some friends of mine that are kind of in the industry. You know, they work at some of the, the liquor stores and, and so forth. Uh, c- has some of the stuff that went into the James Unbeek been used in some of the flavored whiskey? Or, or, or was that a whole separate thing that you guys uh, had?
1: In, in this particular case, no. Uh, the, the flavored whiskey is uh, a separate, uh, just a whole separate recipe. Um, it, it could. There's nothing, nothing stopping it. But at the moment, um, our flavored whiskeys uh, are, are just developed on under a separate, you know, uh, a sep- separate recipe. And we really got into the flavored whiskeys after Old Smoky merged with what was called Davy Crockett's uh, Barrel mm-hmm. House at the time, which was another distillery in, in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. And they had a very good quality range of flavored whiskeys, whereas Old Smokey was very much on the moonshines sold in, in a mason jar and so we we rechristened Davy Crockett's Barrel House the Old Smoky Barrel House and we, we dressed all of their fine products in Old Smoky and we noticed that the sales went up under the Old Smoky brand um, which said to us that Old Smoky meant something in whiskey we mm. felt it did but this was kind of validation that that was the case which gave us the the confidence to, to launch a a selection of those flavored whiskey products into wholesale which we did in the fall of 2017 and they've just kept on growing ever since and uh, that's been a very you know positive impact on the business overall
0: well i was gonna say you you perfectly segue into into my next question because did the the purchase merger of of davy crockett whiskey and distillery play a role into being able to kind of maybe scale up to be able to have uh, you know, uh, actual brand name uh, bourbon under your your oh,
1: absolutely. Even though Old Smoky was doing some of its development work on its own prior to the uh, to the merger with Davy Crockett, the the people at Davy Crockett's had a, a tremendous amount of knowledge and, and experience, and and really added a lot of value. So we were able to to work and, and just integrate all of them into the company, um, try to make it make it seamless, you know, for them. And uh, they've really added uh, a lot of value, just that knowledge and and experience and, and, um, you know, increase in our our operational uh, ability. So, no, it was a a great marriage. Um, You know, Allsmoky may have been able to do it on its own just by doing experimentation, but uh, that that merger just allowed us to accelerate it and and, um, do the work and make the launches with more confidence.
0: Well, and, and uh, I'm guessing, too, that this isn't the only uh, one you're release you all are going to have. Will, will we see more down, down the road?
1: Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm not going to tell you when and where, ah. but um, no, we, we we have a, a real culture here of, of just continuous innovation. Just in the last two years, we've introduced over 25 new products, um, and uh, we we will continue to introduce quite a number of new products relating to the james Ownby brand we're certainly thinking about that but it won't be um within the next year possibly end of 22 or perhaps into 2023 when when we feel we're ready we will only go to market when the product is is ready and uh, and as you know that takes time and we're not going to do anything before it's time
0: well I, I love to hear that because some some want to rush and, and things can go a little haywire uh, with bourbon and, and whiskey when, when you rush things to the, to the market. Um, I, I guess another question I have is, obviously you know the be name plays to the heritage of Joe and, and everything. Uh, but as you mentioned, the old Smoky name has become very well known. Um, you know, to the point that it even helped boost. Uh, once you kind of switch labels, it's amazing what can happen with with a flavored whiskey. Yep. Why not maybe put anything with Old Smoky on um, the the Jameson Ownby label? Besides, obviously that it's distilled there and, and so f- and bottled well, there.
1: We actually have Old Smoky on the front. Um, it's uh, here, you know, bottled by Old Smoky. It's mm-hmm. on the front. We're, we're we're proud of it, but we we felt it was such a uh, a new and different product uh, coming from Old Smoky it deserved kind of its own brand name, but with the parentage, I guess you say the the heritage of Old Smoky, and so we, we felt that was the right the right balance.
0: Well, I, I I can say I got to to sample some and it it was uh, wonderful. Um, uh, and something that I, I really in, enjoyed and it, it was kind of a pleasant surprise. And I don't mean that in a bad way, okay. but, <laughs> but when you think of, you know, from someone coming on the outside, oh, they just make moonshine, they make flavored whiskey. What are they going to do with a regular whiskey? It, it was, it was a, a really nice pour. Um, I, I think what really stood out to me though, is it's what priced at about $40 or, or so for yeah, between a, $40, $45. Yeah. Um, and in your moonshines are, are the same way. They're all very approachable and prices and at least in terms of, of, of what you, you would think. Um, and then this bourbon coming in at that price point where others are going, you know, 99, a hundred, 200, any, any more, how, why, how do you guys keep those price points, uh, there and, and, um, how are you able to compete sometimes with those price points? Cause I, I feel like that's, uh, uh, especially in the bourbon world, you know, that that's a, a great price point to enter in my mind. Well,
1: no, that it, it is but we wanted to make sure that we could uh, appeal to as many consumers as we possibly could um we also know that when you start out with a product it's just not as efficient as it would be you know two or three or four years down the road so we we think we'll be able to you know to manage our costs and leverage the scale over the over the fullness of time um and so we we wanted just to to reach as many people as possible for a very high quality product and mm-hmm. and uh, you know, forty dollars isn't cheap because the you know what's the average price of a seven fifty in the liquor store is about twenty four dollars, so it, it's higher than that, and and that you know doesn't appeal to everybody. Our moonshines and flavored whiskeys are in that twenty mm-hmm. to twenty five dollar uh, range uh, typically, so this is a premium price, and and we feel good about it. We think the quality justifies it. Could we have charged more? We probably could have done, but we want to make it appeal to 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 many.
0: and i I love that because like i said i feel like not enough are doing that anymore and and it's almost making uh people scared to try something new and i feel like Mm -hmm. at 40 this is a a great one to pick up off the shelf because like i said it was uh, a really good pour and even five years is that's a good price for a five year now nowadays Mm -hmm. uh which is getting a little harder to come by on on the open market um uh, you talked about, you know, you guys are releasing new new products, you know, got a whole bunch of new flavors and, and, and so forth. So I also want to ask, how do you guys come up with these flavors for the moonshine and the whiskey? Because, I mean, is it just mad scientists in the back having fun or, or what's going on?
1: <laughs> well, we, <laughs> it's lots of people having fun. Um, we, we have a, a team of people from um, salespeople, marketing people, operational people, um, but then People in the administrative area of the company, we, we come together um, every, uh, every two weeks to, to talk about new products, um, usually to, to sample what our actual product development team have done in, term, in, term, in, in terms of turning a concept into a, a product or a product, con, you know, a product prototype, I guess you'd say. So we, we, we use those as both ideation sessions as well as tasting sessions. But then, you know, we all live our lives. We all see different ideas um, and we just feed them into the process because we have, in addition to coming together physically, um, during COVID, it's been on Zoom, but mm-hmm. we try to do it physically. Um, in addition, we have weekly new product calls. We talk about the pipeline and it's a con- just a really a, a continual stream of, of ideas. And we've developed a way to launch products relatively inexpensively we don't make a lot up front and we can test them in our distilleries and one of our competitive advantages is we've got the best data in the spirits business because we have our own distilleries our own stores and because we get so much traffic You know, as we mentioned earlier with the world's most visited distillery (laughs) you know pre-covid we have had over four and a half million visitors um in our four distilleries that's over double all of scotland's distilleries and the 76 of them and we have four Um, the kentucky bourbon trail has 18 distilleries on the trail and they only um, have visitation of between 1.7 and 2 million so we're over double the kentucky bourbon trail and so because of this tremendous traffic in our in our stores we can test products very very quickly we know over a weekend whether a product's going to be successful or not. And so we tend to make a small quantity of a product, test it in one or two or perhaps three distilleries. And if it fails, uh, and failure is okay, because mm-hmm. if you don't fail, you're not pushing the boundaries. True. Um, and we do have some failures. But we know very quickly what's going to be successful, and then we very quickly ramp up and make more of that product so we can... Uh, we can have good customer service in the stores by having that product available in the right quantities for for the consumers who you know ch- choose to buy. So we've got this, I guess you'd say it's a new product development engine. Um, <laughs> and you know, every month we we're introducing something. You know, we introduced strawberry lemonade last week. We've got another one which will be introduced by this coming weekend. Um, and we we just got a pipeline, and we can do it. Because, A, we've got the people and we have fun doing it. We, we think of all sorts of things. We push the envelope um, and, and, and we try things. And we've got the vehicle in our stores to test it very, very quickly. A big spirits company could never do what we do because they can only go to the wholesale market. And it takes, you know, six months to a year, A, to develop, and then six months to a year to see whether it's successful. It just takes so much time. We can do that in... Weeks to develop and and days to know whether it's successful, and I, I think just one of the examples that's come out of that engine is our moonshine pickles product. You know, who would have thunk of putting pickles in alcohol? You know, it's it's a zany idea. Well, we did it, and we knew by the Monday after we launched it on a Friday that it was going to be a big hit, big, <laughs> hit. both in our sales as well as I think we got five million Facebook shares. You know, just be, because of it. Um, and so we had to refine it. We refined it with the help of the consumers in our stores in terms of getting feedback. We changed the proof. We changed the recipe of the liquid a little bit. Um, we had to do, in fact, we have a patent pending on uh, some parts of the recipe that make the pickles, you know, stay green and, um, and, 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 and crisp. Um, so we, all, we developed that. And then when we felt we were ready, and we knew it was going to be successful. In fact, we were getting demand from our distributors to, to sell this <laughs> to them. It's not like we had to push it; they were wanting it. Uh, we launched it in the uh, second quarter of uh, eighteen, uh, second quarter of nineteen. After launching it in the August of eighteen, so it took about seven months to get it right, and um, and it's been a massive success, you know, ever since. And it's actually helped many of the other products in the portfolio because it's made the brand more approachable, more well known and um it brings people to the section in the liquor store and uh, uh I I think that we we should be we are proud of of launches like that that have just um you know helped hel- help the brand overall and it, and it's because of the new product engine that we have
0: i, I was going to say i mean obviously you know some things will work some things won't um also i feel like you guys it's almost like a local brewery where they get to do like their their test batch you know tuesday or or, or whatever um, is there what's the zaniest one that besides the pickles that click that you guys never really thought would click?
1: <laughs> um, we launched sour watermelon uh, just about about a year ago, and it was one of those things we'd never done sour. Um, we we liked the product, in fact, we love the product, but we just didn't know, you know, having a sour beverage nobody else has done a sour beverage can, i know you can have a whiskey sour cocktail but nobody's done a sour spirit and it just was big so we've subsequently we've launched um uh, sour uh, raspberry, which is a sour blue raspberry um sour apple and sour lime and we've got a couple more ideas that will be introduced in uh, in august so um, the whole Sour line has proven to be uh, really very successful. And we were a bit surprised. <laughs> but but that's why you do it, you know? Well, and and- we, had a de- we had a debate on strawberry lemonade, and not everybody thought that was going to be a, a big winner. And based upon the last uh, five days of sales, it, it looks like it could be. So, <laughs> you know, you never know.
0: Well, and that's the beauty, too, of scale. And if you can do smaller scale things, you can – you can see testing and you're not wasting a ton of product if it doesn't work. And if it does work, then you've got some pent up demand and things go well. Um, you, you touched on this too, a little bit ago being the world's most visited distillery. What's it like having that? Because that's a lot of people coming through um, and you all have to make sure you're all pretty much always on your a game because you don't ever want anyone to leave with a, a bad experience. And when you have that many people in a spot, sometimes, you know, things can get a little crazy. I'm sure.
1: Yeah oh it's a challenge it really is but it's it's such a a source of competitive advantage uh we we work very very hard on it it's something that we we nurture um we've got top class you know managers who uh, manage the stores uh, both from a people point of view you know hiring and retention and training which is a very important element uh, but also running the business side Uh, we've got you know, very high quality people who manage the merchandise uh, because we have shirts and hats and, and food, food products. We have got pet products. So just a wide range of, of non-beverage consumer products, um, uh, which is very important to, to have a very pleasant look and feel to the, to the store, a very pleasant atmosphere. Everybody's trained to be welcoming. Uh, you know, one of the elements of the culture of the company is to have an attitude of, welcoming Southern hospitality and, and everybody's encouraged. And usually people are very naturally doing that anyway, but we, we certainly you know encourage that. Um, and then on a product point of view, uh, we, we work very, very hard to, to make sure that the quality of the product is, is always up to snuff. Yes, it's, it's quality in the new product sense, but it's sometimes easier to make a lab sample uh, of, a, of a product, but then you've got to make a commercial sample that's as good or better um, on a consistent basis and so the operations team are trained that if if they don't have a product that meets quality they can't sell it and so we have to eat that um, which is obviously a cost but we believe it's worth that cost so we don't put bad products out on the market and we've only got top products for our customers in our distilleries but also in the wholesale market to uh, you know to, to, to sample so we, we I can tell you we, we it, it is challenging having four and a half million people come through our doors every year um, but it's a it, it's a it's an honor <laughs> yeah. and and we, we we treat it as that and make sure that everybody is felt to be you know very welcome and they're given the best possible experience yeah. we offer tastings of our of our products um, uh, we currently we're offering um, uh, seven uh, samples of, of our products. They pay a nominal fee, but then we give them a coupon back for a purchase. So in essence, it balances out as free. And we have people who are trained as, as tasters, um, who tell them about, tell the consumers about the products, usually throw a, an odd joke in there as well. Um, and then uh, tell them about, you know, what they can do to, to buy the products and all the products are arrayed around the store. So, um, Yes, it's challenging, but it's, it, it's really an honor to have so many people come through our doors. And, and um, as I say, it's a source of competitive advantage that we're, we're very proud of.
0: Well, and then like you said, you, you have multiple locations. Um, you know, you have a, a couple in the Gatlinburg, Pigeon Forge uh, area. Uh, and then I believe you have one in Nashville now too. Is that is we that do. correct? So yeah, we so, right in did, downtown Nashville. Yeah. So how how do they differ if you if one were to maybe visit visit any of them?
1: Yeah, well, we have three as you say in what's called Sevier County, which is Gatlinburg and, and Pigeon Forge, and um, uh, the Holler in Gatlinburg and the Barn in Pigeon Forge. Uh, more similarities than differences. They tend to focus more on moonshine. Um, a little bit less on whiskey, uh, but we we have distilleries in both. We actually make product in in both um, both locations. Um, uh, the bar the Barrel House in Gatlinburg is more whiskey focused, so that's another distillery where we have a, a pot still and a column still there, um, and, and the products tend to be more on the whiskey side. We have a couple of moonshines, but um, on the on the whiskey side. Uh, but the model of those three is all the same where we offer tastings you can have a self-guided tour we actually offer real tours you know physical tours at the Holler but the other two we only offer self-guided tours but you can come and taste you can buy. you can you know buy uh, some of the merchandise and we offer music um, at the the Holler Uh, we offer music at the barn uh, in Pigeon Forge so you can just hang out and watch the music or listen to listen to the music uh, for, for, for free but the model is pretty similar in all those three stores. Nashville is different, and it's different for for two main reasons. One is we actually serve drinks there, so it's an entertainment center. So we actually have an active bar, and that's in addition to the tasting area where you can actually sample the moonshine and whiskey products, and then you know buy them you know from the shelves that are all all around the tasting area. So that that's a big difference is that we actually serve drinks and so we have to have a large seating area we've actually made it an entertainment complex where you can play cornhole play ping pong some basketball hoops uh, play bocce wow. play uh, football, um which i love um and uh, as well as seeing the products being made in the distillery uh, so that's the first difference the second difference is that we actually shared it with yeehaw beer okay and so this was beneficial in a couple of different ways because whenever you share a big capital investment like a, a location like ours, which is, which is about uh, 30,000 square feet, so it's a big property, and yeah. <laughs> that usually translates <laughs> to a big investment, um, we were able to share that with EHO. So that's good from a capital efficiency point of view. But then from a consumer point of view, it's also very important because we can offer beer and spirits on the menu. Mm-hmm. And so we can offer a broad range of drinks. And so, you know, with all of the cocktails you can make from Old Smoky and all of the wide variety of beers that Yihor offers, we don't get any veto votes <laughs> because we're not offering wine. You know, we're, we're offering a very broad array. Somebody will find something on that menu that they like. And that's what we found. So we can offer a very, you know, a broad menu of spirits, products, and, and, and uh, beer products. And so that just appeals to a lot of people and, and while we had some challenging times during COVID, just because of all the restrictions that were placed on many businesses, and we obviously complied. Now that uh, the weather is better and the COVID weather is better, um, the you know people are just loving that that place in Nashville. So um, all four distilleries are doing very well, but the Nashville follows a very different model.
0: Well, and I love love to see that because I, I, Yeehaw is. Uh a sibling to to Old Smokey if i'm not mistaken right
1: right joe joe started ehor um a couple of years after the investment made in uh, in Old smoky by the firm that i i was with at the time so and Yehor's doing very nicely um you know off a smaller base but it's 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 on a very good growth trajectory
0: so like i said he he stays busy y'all stay 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 very busy with with uh uh the next idea and um you know w- with all of this that's happening and you guys offering more products i'm sure you're also getting more demand how do you guys keep up with that demand because i mean it's a good thing but with whiskey and certain products you've got to be planning now for you know five yeah. six years down the road and that's a little more difficult
1: well we, we're blessed with a, with tremendous demand for our, our products and and uh, you know if you have a problem it's better to be able Better to have that problem being able to supply the demand than creating the demand, <laughs> and so um, it is actually an issue that we we work it pretty hard on, um, and we, we're working all through the business system. You know, from from the uh, the cooker and the fermentation tanks to the stills, and then to the bottling equipment, and we've actually uh, got some uh, land in a town just a few miles away from from Gatlinburg, a town called Newport, Tennessee. And we've actually got some uh, buildings there that we're using A for storage, and B will be getting new bottling equipment uh, in there to, to speed up that process. And uh, we've got a new still as well. Now, now we're a, a craft artisan kind of uh, manufacturer of, of spirits, mm-hmm. and and we want to keep that uh, philosophy. Um, but you've also got to you know build a satisfied demand. So we're getting some. Uh, bigger bottling equipment, so the the products will still be made with the same care as they they are now. Um, but then, when we put in the, the bottling, they'll they'll tend to be able to go a little bit more quickly than than perhaps they've they've done in the past. And so um, so we're adding the bottling lines, we're adding fermentation tanks, we're adding a, a another still, which which we, we actually have got the still. We just need to get it all installed, and um, we're putting a lot of lot of time into into that to. Uh, Just to keep our customer service up both for our wholesale customers as well as our distillery you know customers because you know to have an empty space on the shelf is not good for anybody and uh, (laughs) we're working very hard to uh uh, you know to give that service that that we believe our customers you know deserve
0: well and and like you said it's a good problem to have that people want more of what you're making that means you're making something uh, uh pretty pretty darn good and, and my last question, I always like to ask this, and it's whatever you can tell me because this is recorded, but what's next for y'all? And and, and whether it's the moonshine or the whiskey or, or just some other uh, fun, fun projects that you can talk about.
1: Yeah. Well, well, you know, we want to continue building our core moonshine and, and whiskey business. Um, it's growing very rapidly uh, over the last couple of years. We've, In fact, year-to-date in 2021, we've already sold as much as we did in all of 2019. So we've we've doubled the business in just just a couple of years, so we're very proud of that. But we also know that there's still liquor stores around the country that don't have Old Smoky. Um, We're in all 50 states. Uh, We're in stores in all 50 states. We're in over 20 countries, but there's still places that don't have Old Smoky or don't have as much Old Smoky as we think they should have and we think it could be profitable as liquor store owners for them to have all smoky and they're missing out on an opportunity to to capitalize on that so uh, our number one focus will be building our core moonshine and whiskey business in all 50 states and uh, we're also developing a few more international relationships and, and hopefully that will um, uh, lead to more business and satisfied customers uh, as, as well um, then for James ownby James Ownby is in quite limited distribution um, our product supply is not all that great at the moment uh, we'll be building that over time when it's ready uh, we'll be going going to more markets and as we mentioned earlier we're planning on another you know variety um, in one and a half to two to two years would be a, a reasonable estimation for that um, but then also thirdly, uh, we entered the ready-to-drink canned cocktail uh, market. We actually did it on a test basis uh, just about this time last year. Uh, we're now selling in 23 states with our old, old smoky uh, Tennessee moonshine cocktails. They're the only cocktails on the market made with moonshine. And so there's a, there's a point of difference. Currently, we offer them in four flavors. Um, uh, we're just going to be developing that business and getting it established in the 23 states that we're currently in and then over the fullness of time when a supply is able to to satisfy the demand we'll be going going national with that so we have any number of growth opportunities and um, I guess one of my responsibilities is to figure out which one we we do first and um, (laughs) because whatever we do we want to do really well and uh, uh, so you, you, you know usually you can't do everything at once so we got to Priorize, and that's that's what we we try to do.
0: I was gonna say you don't ever have a slow day, do you?
1: No, we <laughs> never have a slow day. No, it's, it's interesting. Yeah, we we're one of the largest employers now in East Tennessee, and um, so just to keep up with all the people, and uh, we all try to have some fun as well. So uh, it it makes for a busy time, but it's a good time and um, enjoying myself.
0: Hey, nothing nothing wrong with that. And like I said. You know, you guys are doing something good when you're able to, to keep keep growing. And like I said, I I was pleasantly surprised in a very good way uh, with James b it's something that good, I think that people can were. can can get their hands on at the at any of your distilleries or you know the select markets down there. They really should, because like I said, at forty dollars that was a a great pour. And I'm not just saying that because you're here. So. Good. Well,
1: I'm glad you enjoyed it and keep enjoying
0: it. Absolutely, and, and Robert, I appreciate you taking time to talk a little moonshine and whiskey with us, and uh, I can't wait to see what's next from All Smoky.
1: Good, I wish you all the best and enjoy being with you. Thank you.
0: I had a lot of fun talking with Robert. It was cool to see how they um, were able to you know, launch a bourbon line. I mean, they have their flavored whiskeys, but you know, this is a, a straight bourbon, kind of what uh, bourbon lovers would expect to see uh, on, on the shelves, and it's really cool to see the family heritage uh, being, being displayed there and just such a cool story. And I appreciate him taking the time to talk, uh, moonshine with us as well. Flavored whiskey. And of course the James Ownby uh, bourbon label. Uh, don't forget if, like I said, check us out on all of our social media at hop spirits, all one word on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We're also on YouTube. So subscribe there and give us a like, a review, five star review on your favorite podcast player. It really helps us and we truly appreciate all of you and don't forget to check out our website hopspirits.com where you can get all this information and more and you can sign up for our newsletter our cocktail quickie monthly uh a newsletter where we send you recipes twice a month uh, so you can have a little fun at home until next time cheers everyone